0: Welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number 655.
1: My mantra is essentially the next best thing to knowing the answer is knowing where to find it or knowing those who have the answers to help you. This is Cars Yeah! Where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah!
0: I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Warren Lubau. Hey, Warren, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Uh, Always ready for a fun ride.
0: All right, great. Good to have you here. Warren Lubau owns and operates Wild About Cars Garage in Kirkland, Washington. He's a seasoned automotive expert with a deep knowledge in classic cars, the automotive industry, collections management, restoration, sales, and service. His 10,000 square foot facility is a place to store vehicles, host events, or just hang out with like-minded enthusiasts. And I can tell you, I've been there. It is a cool place. Warren can assist you with automobile searches, consignment sales, and much more. Warren spent time helping at the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington, and oversees several automobile collections for his clients. So Warren, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles?
1: Sure. Um, my business kind of evolved. Organically, I was uh, in technology for many, many years, but always a uh, car enthusiast. I started at a very early age uh, where I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with my friends, uh, you know, doing that fun stuff uh, illegal drag racing in the streets for money. We won't talk uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a, a bit of a, a serious uh, informal education from my best friend's father, who was running the mechanics program at the local university and it got me very interested in cars. After I got back out of school and got into the work work world and you know started to build up some extra funds, I was always buying cars on the side to play with. My business here evolved from my work with the LeMay Car Museum and helping them out in an organization called Club Auto. Club Auto is a... Uh, Organization for Car Enthusiasts, to help contribute to the success and the future of the automotive industry through their support of the LeMay America's Car Museum in in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, I started running their club auto in Kirkland, Washington, and then evolved that into my own business, still associating the activity with uh, the LeMay Museum, but building out Wild About Cars Garage, which was a little bit more broadened in its scope of activity.
0: Very cool. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, I've been up to Warren's facility. Actually, I've been there many, many times, way, way back when it was called Sweet 200, and then it evolved into the event or the organization with uh, LeMay and then what you're doing now. I was just uh, there in June to give a talk to the Alpha Males Club, and Warren and I connected there. So it's a really, really cool space. You go in there, and it's just like a candy land for a car person. So uh, very nice. Congratulations. Well, as we continue on your journey... I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying. It's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Warren, take the wheel.
1: I think that basically my mantra is essentially the next best thing to knowing the answer is knowing where to find it or knowing those who have the answers to help you. Uh, I, I've been in the technology industry, like I said, for a very long time uh, with big companies like Microsoft and Sony and the like. And generally in meetings, everybody sitting at the table thinks they're the smartest person at the table and has all the right answers. It's even more so in uh when you get into people customizing and restoring cars, but of course nobody has all the answers, and you can't know everything. So the next step thing to actually knowing it is finding those folks who really do know, and I call them the gray hairs, which I'm now a member of that club. Um, <laughs> but in my early early years, um, I used to seek out the the gentlemen who had you know the time and knowledge under their belt that could help me solve the problems and figure out the mysteries of why something wasn't working on a car or how to fix it.
0: You know, this is a trend that I hear a lot from. I guess here in cars, yeah. And that's the great thing about the car hobby, the car industry is so many people out there are willing to offer their help and guidance and experience. You just have to reach out and ask. And whether it's through forums or clubs or showing up at events at facilities like yours, the wealth of knowledge you can gain from these gray hairs—I'll take gray hair at least it's hair—is uh, uh, is absolutely spectacular. And that's a great thing about our hobby is it really is about the people even more so than the cars. And at your facility, there's been a lot of gray hairs that have gone through that place that have a lot of knowledge. So very nice mantra, very nice quote. Well, would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? You talked at the beginning about being a young child and growing up around cars and then evolving into doing some uh, fun stuff out on the road that uh, we don't do anymore. (laughs) Of course, we're too mature for that now, maybe too smart. But uh, tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you realized you were really a car guy.
1: Yeah, I think the pivotal moment was actually this, the discovery for me of the Shelby Mustang. Mm. I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was actually walking home uh, because I didn't have a car yet. And uh, a neighbor who had just recently purchased a, a 1967 Shelby GT500 showed up and gave me a ride home. Wow. It was, it was an amazing machine. And uh, over the months, I saw that vehicle terrorize everybody out there on the streets as the number one machine to beat. Yeah. It it really, really gave me um, that enthusiasm and that interest in muscle cars. i would seen a lot of slick and fast and expensive cars, you know, here and there, but that was just an amazing looking and sounding machine and impressive in all respects.
0: Yeah, just a little bit. Now, over the years have you uh have you owned one of those cars? Yeah, I
1: was lucky enough to over the years I've owned 3 different Shelby's. I had one for many many years. It's the uh it's that pinnacle car for me. It's my unicorn, I guess now since I don't have it anymore. I owned that car. I took that car, I raced it, I showed it. It was an amazing thing for me to own out of all the cars I've owned, it's still my favorite. Just Turning the engine over and hearing that thing idle and the lumpy cam and the sound, it's just, it's amazing. And when you get your foot in it and go through the gears uh, on a racetrack and, you know, our hard cornering, it's just uh, so much fun and enjoyment.
0: Yeah, they are great cars. Way back, I had a uh, 66 GT350 Shelby. It was a clone, but it was a very nicely built clone. It was just like the real deal down to the the engine, transmission, everything. And I had so much fun in that car. And everybody I would encounter just loved that thing. They'd want to talk to you, tell you about stories. So uh, they're one of the most loved muscle cars, I think, of all time here in the United States. Well, Warren, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Crawl under the hood, get our hands a little dirty. Certainly something you're not afraid to do because I've seen your facility there. I've seen the kind of work that you do. So you love getting your hands dirty. Would you share a huge challenge with us or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career? Of course, the most important part of this question is, what did it teach you so you could come out the other end?
1: There's been a big transition for me in in moving from the technology industry into the automotive industry and in, as I began, I tried to run things like I would a, a technology company which really didn't fit because the culture of people and the nature of the business doesn't really lend itself to operating that way. I had to learn more the to be in the mindset of the car culture kind of person as to what is good for the business model and and what makes good business sense? It's not always about maximizing the dollar difference and looking at a you know a new product to get out there like in the technology industry it, there's a lot to be said for doing it right and putting a quality product out there, taking the extra time, doing the additional research and 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 making sure that the the end product is Something that's really going to wow the customer the amount of additional business you get from the doing smaller, more precise, and quality jobs uh, rather than trying to make a uh like a you know one size fits all model mm-hmm. um, certainly pays back dividends um, as People spread the word for, you know, the extra mile you went for them or the things, the custom things and the things that you did right for them in their vehicle. There's a lot of emotional attachment in restoration of vehicles, something that I hadn't encountered before in other industries.
0: Yeah, this is a really interesting aspect of business because you think business is business from the standpoint of how you conduct business, the basics of business. But indeed, I think the the key takeaway I heard there is the emotional content for people? Because in a work environment in big companies, let's say where you've been, yeah, maybe there isn't as much emotional impact as there is with a guy with his his pride and joy. Is that the, the main nuance difference there? Yeah, I
1: mean, I've had several customers where we've done full restoration projects, you know, stripped vehicles completely apart, every nut and bolt, bare metal, ground up restoration. And before Taking on the project, I went through the dollars and cents with them and said, Well, you know, I realize this is the first vehicle your mother bought and you know, buy it. it's you wanna save it, you know, you wanna bring this Mustang back to life and have that VIN number you're driving. But the condition that it's in, I suggest we sell it off for fifteen hundred dollars scrap and get you one without all the rust issues <laughs> and yeah. and these other problems. And they're like, Nope, I'll spend the extra money, I'll fix this one. I don't care that it's going to cost me 15% more.
0: Uh, and how many people have been on this show that have said, buy a car that's already restored, don't restore one, because you know when you start taking things apart, it's just you're, it's full of surprises. You never know what you're going to encounter.
1: Yeah, yeah I've had some fun surprises in them. Uh, one of the funnest things I, I like to keep is I have a little collection of coins that most vehicles, when I take them apart, I can generally find a coin of some kind from the year the vehicle was made.
0: Yeah, you know, I had a uh, 67 Chevy Nova, my very first car that I got. Nothing really special. But in the ashtray was a 1967 nickel. And I left it in that ashtray all those years. And I sold the car. And years and years and years later, I encountered that car on a street in San Diego. I couldn't believe it. Went up to the guy and I said, hey, is that nickel still in the ashtray? And he looks at me and he goes, how did you know about that nickel? And so, uh, yeah, it ca- he carried on. I couldn't believe he did that all those years afterwards. So very cool. Nice little memories there. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate a new path for you down a new direction, a new road. Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Um. Yeah, my aha
1: moment, I think, was when I realized that uh, this activity with the Club Auto that was going on with the LeMay Museum was an opportunity for me to switch gears from the technology industry into what's been my, my – lifelong passion in the restoration and preservation of automobiles. I had spent some considerable time serving as an extended board member and working with them on the mission of the museum and helping create this club auto enthusiast community. And when I saw the opportunity to actually take over the club space and renovate it into my own business, I think was a, a great aha moment for me.
0: You know, the LeMay, I've been involved with that museum since way before it was even built. And what they've done and what they've been able to do is so great. So I think what is really cool for me about your aha moment is you've been able to make a transition in your career path to your field of passion, which is what Cars Yeah is all about. What a lot of our listeners wish they could do. What's the key element of that aha moment for you that allowed you to make that jump?
1: Uh, I think the key element was um, the connections in the automotive community, like I was uh, mentioning earlier, the gray hairs. There was just so much willingness and enthusiasm from uh, other folks who were already entrenched in this activity, the collectors, the restorers, the folks involved with um, the building of the museum and the mission of the museum that were willing to to lend a hand and give advice and and support my activity, be my first customer base in, in helping me get the space going with having enough vehicles in for storage i mean i literally had gentlemen commit to store cars for two years that they really had their own space and didn't need to and they were just supporting my efforts and getting this activity going
0: very nice well again it always comes back to the people that's what's so great about our hobby how about Proudest career moments i would assume you've had many but is there one in particular that you would share with us (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's nothing to do with the car industry. It's my early, early years in technology. One of the things that you see on computers today that everybody takes for granted—all of this um, information messaging and and like the bars for how loud your volume control is, and the sliders, and all these things. I was actually involved with a Compact Computer Corporation, and we put the first, it's called OSD, on-screen display technology, into the PC industry. Ah! And it was a very, very interesting project, and it was just an amazing thing to see happen it took off like a rocket ship it brought the entire product line of the compact computers to the forefront uh, above the leaders in in just a rocket pace it was amazing
0: that's pretty cool so you must smile even today every time you see those go wow you know way back when because for for today, we take so much of what is on our computer, what are on these handheld devices for granted, but it wasn't that long ago. None of this stuff existed at all and all the little nuances of it. I mean, every little nuance, it, it, we, now it's just part of life, but it's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, definitely something to be proud of. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here and go back in time. I would love for you to share a story about your first really special car and maybe a, a memory you have of that vehicle. The first
1: car I owned was a 67 Mustang, uh, and it's a straight six, and it was my old faithful. And it got me through my my high school and college days, driving very, very long trips between Roswell, New Mexico, and Albuquerque, 220 miles each direction. Um, wow. It was great. But the most special car for me was when I actually got a hold of my Shelby. I managed to get a 1970 Shelby 428 Super Cobra Jet Ram Air 4-speed car. Wow. And, you know, this was back before people thought the Shelby was uh, such an incredible special vehicle that it is today, and I I saw that. I actually was lucky enough to find it sitting at a dealership, but I knew a gentleman who had worked on the vehicle because he always uh, – Etched his signatures in the exhaust, ah, uh, and cool. and he he did a custody, he did he did a fix on the exhaust, and I saw that. So I asked him, well, I don't want to pay the markup from the the dealer. Do you know who the owner is? And so he said sure, I know who the owner is, and he got me directly in contact with the owner, and I made a deal directly with the owner to buy that car. Nice score. <laughs> As I said, I owned for many years. I raced it. Uh, I took it to shows. I autocrossed it. I probably took it apart and put it together half a dozen times before the final restoration of the car, where the entire time I owned the car, I didn't have the knowledge until I met another gentleman who was one of the gray hairs, essentially, uh, that I still am in uh, close contact with today. He's uh, one of my um, great buddies who's uh, a very knowledgeable enthusiast on on Shelbys. Oh, nice. He showed me that the car was actually supposed to be pastel gray, which is an off-white color. The entire time I owned the vehicle, it was this uh, Acapulco blue. And I thought that was the original color because that was an original color for those vehicles. Mm. But we we traced back the history and found out that the vehicle was supposed to be this color. And so when we did the restoration and tore the vehicle apart, we stripped it back down to bare metal and painted it back to its original color.
0: Very nice. What a cool car. Well, is that your seller's remorse story, a car that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage, or is there a different car?
1: No, that's the one. You yeah. know, it, it, it was uh, The market had pushed up really high, and I saw the opportunity to... Kept the car 100% correct and 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 make some some money on it. And the timing for me was where um, it was the right thing to do. But you know, I look now back at it, and you know, I could never replace that car or get my hands on one again. The prices are you know three times what I sold it for, even though I sold it for a very good price, and they just keep climbing. So someday if uh, fate has it i'll get my hands back on that exact same model
0: yeah i sure hope so do you know where that car still is that exact car yes i do i know where that car is um i i've
1: i've done a little bit of research over the years on a number of vehicles i've sold to see if uh if one day i could get them back yeah and i'm i'm lucky enough that Mm, there's a good handful of them. I've sold to colleagues, and they've kept them. And so I know where they are, and I get to visit them, I say, once in a while.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the price of uh, so many collector cars has just become become unobtainium, as I say. I mean, ridiculously expensive. And so uh, sometimes you have to look back and say, well, those were grand times, onward and upward to something different. Uh, I sure hope you get your hands back on that car someday. That specific car would be pretty darn cool. Now, how about current projects? I'd love for you to talk to us about what has you really excited and fired up today
1: yeah current projects for me is always what's the next one coming currently in the shop we just as a matter of coincidence here have a 67 shelby gt350 that um, we're reviving back from an electrical fire and uh, we had to take out the entire harness pulled the entire drivetrain and restoring the car back you know nut bolt stock to its former glory uh, additionally, we're working on another Mustang, a 65 Mustang. It's one of those I told you, uh, where the lady, um, said, we have to do this one, where the, the, it's, it's, the car was her gra- her, her mother's, and so, we're restoring it and we're turning it into a GT tribute car adding all the GT equipment on it which is going to add a lot of value to it and balance out you know where she is uh spending the money on the car sure. to help her get more in line with that but there's coming down the pipe I've got a few um you know and it's always exciting because you don't know um, what you're going to find or what you're you're going to be able to do with it. Um, we're doing a couple more custom vehicles that are coming down. I've got a, a 68 Ford Bronco on its way in, and I got a, a, a 69 Challenger. Um, that's going to be an exciting car because uh, he wants to resto-mod it. And resto-mod is, an, is another exciting uh, type of activity where you get to put a lot of your personality or the personality of the owner into the vehicle with uh, – some modern stylization, LED lighting, custom gauges, customizing, you know, the interior, a little bit of a change in some body line, sculpting and things like that. That's a lot of fun.
0: Very nice. Looks like the, the coming new year is going to be a exciting and fun one for you. So congratulations. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Warren. If you were a car, what kind of car would Warren be and why? <laughs> yeah, well... You know, I, I I'm a diehard Shelby
1: guy. That's that's the pinnacle for me. Yeah. Um it's it's just uh it shows a lot of raw power and aggression, but it's got uh, you know, some some styling and some subtleties and it keeps a little bit uh, uh hidden under the hood and doesn't reveal everything. That's it for me.
0: <laughs> I kinda thought that's what I would hear from you, but uh I understand a hundred percent. Yeah, when you've got a vehicle, a mark like that, so ingrained in your DNA from your past, you just feel like it's just part of you and that's who you are. Very nice. Well, Warren, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft Seat Covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks. And their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark, a Car yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Warren, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Well, that'd have to be, uh, don't start until you have a clear plan and all the reference information. Ah. (laughs) Uh, A lot easier these days in the days of the internet. But, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, car restoration was a lot more difficult in getting a clear plan and reference
0: information. Absolutely. Now, how about a personal habit? Would you share one that you believe has helped contribute to your success?
1: Yeah, I think that kind of comes from my military background. You know, it's it's the be prepared to do it right or don't do it at all. Yes,
0: definitely. And thank you for your service. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: I think the best resource uh, I can uh, share with uh, people is join a car club. Mm, yeah. um, car, car clubs are an enormous resource, and it, it gives you a reach into the community And it really helps you spread, you know, where you can gather your knowledge.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Again, we keep going back to the people, the people, the people. So important. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well?
1: Yeah, actually, it's a a very recent publication from a colleague of mine, Ryan Snodgrass. His book is called uh, Carrera 2.7. It's a very interesting and intriguing look into his quest to restore a very unique piece of automotive history and he did an amazing amount of meticulous research uh, travel talking to folks in the private collections got period documentation factory builders and all the type of uh, historian and enthusiast input and it's it's just chock-full of a uh, big Glossy pictures that are have an amazing amount of rich historical detail in it. It's it's a great book, even if you're not a particular Porsche fan. It's a great book to understand what it really takes to m- an undertaking of a very rare vehicle. To do the restoration work.
0: Ah, uh, yes, the Holy Grail of long hood Porsches is definitely. I'll have to get my hands on that book. That's fantastic. It's the first time that book's been recommended, so I'll remind our listeners. You can find all these great resources on Warren's show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Warren Warren's last name is L-U-B-O-W, and there's another great place on the Car Show website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and the past 654 guest books are listed for quick, easy access with a click of your keyboard. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Warren, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage... You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. You're going to have to keep it it, and enjoy it. But money's no object. I'll buy you any car in the world. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why?
1: Yeah, I mean, even though I'm a diehard Shelby guy, I've owned one. So the car that I've never been able to put my hands on or obtain, and actually one I've never been behind the wheel of, which is actually saying a lot with my automotive history, is the Lamborghini Countach model LP400. That was just, uh, you know, I was like every other teenage boy, I think, and had that poster on the wall.
0: Yeah, uh, next
1: <laughs> next to the Farrah Fawcett poster was the Lambo poster, right? <laughs> yep. And that was just an amazing, innovative piece of styling. And it's not the most powerful, fast car either, but it it was something in its day. Uh, and it was an incredible supercar.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, they're just, uh yeah, I mean, incredible, incredible works of art. When you think back to when the original car came out, and that was a uh Gandini design, of course, and people just went, what? That's crazy. That's just crazy. How can anybody come up with something like that? So uh, you picked a very nice one. What color would you like?
1: I would actually go for black rather than red because it reminds me of a Cannonball Run movie. <laughs> yes.
0: Adrienne Barbeau, I think, was driving that car, wasn't she, when she got yep, pulled yep, over at the that was You know, at and you know beginning.
1: the what everybody today calls Lambo Doors, you know, that yeah. was the that was the model that made it, right? Yeah. That oh, was yeah. just amazing.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Well, Wonderful choice. Can't wait to find you one in black. That'd be really fun. Well, Warren, you've taken me on an awesome ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. So I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the CarShout listeners and with me. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance for you? Head off on your very own cannonball run in your Lamborghini Countach LP400. Um,
1: sure. I'd say, you know, no matter what it takes, pursue your passions in life. It's never too late uh, to start chasing those dreams. It doesn't matter how old you are. I think just the pursuit of those passions will really enrich your lives and in a lot of ways, making you happy uh, beyond anything else, beyond dollars, beyond, uh, you know, other experiences. I think you get the best experiences in life when you are pursuing things that you're passionate about.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, so true. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Well, of course, you know,
1: there's the website, uh, Wild About Cars Garage. But I'm I'm out there. I'm out there with the LeMay Car Museum at a lot of events. Uh, I It can be found uh, on any given Sunday during the good weather months at the Triple X Root Beer, uh, hanging out with everybody at the car shows. Yep. And I'm at the local scene here in the car events, and you'll find me. You'll see my my little red '56 Chevy pickup with the logo on the side.
0: Oh yeah, well I can tell our listeners I live up here in the Pacific Northwest as well. Warren and I are just about an hour apart. He's a little further north than me, and up there in Kirkland, I'm down here in Gig Harbor. But I do see Warren all over the place, so he's very, very active. And if you're up in the Kirkland area, give him a call. I'm sure he'd be happy to give you a little tour of his facility because it's pretty cool. You go in there and you just you don't you never want to leave. So. Very nice. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Warren's been so kind to share on his show notes page at com. Just type Warren in the search bar, and that page will pop up with links. Thank you, Warren, for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the CarsYout listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Okay, great. Thanks so much, Mark, and thank you to all your listeners. Everybody, have fun in your car. You bet.